What's up guys? Just before we start the show, we want to let you guys know that if you're looking to support the show, we now have ways for you to do so. Now, producing these episodes takes a lot of time and without any financial support, it's going to be difficult to say how long we're going to be able to keep this show going. However, now we've got some ways for you to show your support if you would like to via various platforms. For our China listeners out there listening to this podcast on Shimalaya, if you click on each episode and go to the description box, you will now find ways for you to support the show via Alipay and WeChat Pay. And for those who are listening abroad, If you'd like to show some love, you can send your donations to paypal.me forward slash yishuantio, which is P-A-Y-P-A-L dot M-E forward slash Y-I-E-S-E-A-N-T-E-O-H. Or you can subscribe to us on Patreon. All the links will be in the show notes below. In any case, thank you so much for your support, regardless of whether or not you do donate. We are thankful and appreciative for all our listeners out there. We hope that you tune in to every episode. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. A bilingual podcast where every week we use Chinese and English to explore various social, cultural and contemporary issues in the aim of giving our listeners a useful tool to improve either or both their English or Chinese language ability. Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast. My name is Short. My name is Mingyi. My name is David. Uh, and today's podcast is on facial recognition um, with corporate. So the reason why I bring this topic is that I've recently discovered that now you can pay for things with your face on Jifubao. Um So, for example, you go to 7-Eleven and instead of scanning a QR code or them scanning your phone, you can just use your face and then through your face, they'll ask you to confirm your phone number. Once you confirm your phone number, the payment goes through. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, they're thinking that the more convenient it gets, it's going to be better for people. So to use your face to pay will hopefully lead to much quicker transactions. But I feel that that's a lot of privacy to give up for such a convenience. What do you guys think, David? <laughs> uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like... I mean, you're literally, you know, giving your identity to a company and then uh, you're telling them, you know, this is your spending habits and these are the things you like. And so it's kind of like marketing. It's peak marketing. Yeah. In a, yeah. In a sense. Yeah. And then, you know, let's say the, the only way I can see this going is let's say like, uh, this company has your information. Yeah. And then if they're doing, you know, B2B like business, yeah, they can sell your information to some another company. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that is scary to me because then I don't know what they're doing with, you know, my information, right? And then it could be used for like 
anything and you wouldn't know. Yeah, no, this I completely agree. Though I've heard that the government's going to put in some new regulations to say that companies can't sell the data to other companies. So, I mean, I'm not sure if it will be protected in that sense, but I know that, I well, I feel that Chinese people, their attitude to this kind of technology, they're not so scared. Actually, I'm like, I'm not very familiar with this topic. Mm. Uh, but but from you what know, you've heard right now, how do you feel? I feel it's pretty cool. Actually, I will use it. I will use it like it's a like a new technology. And yeah, you see, this is what I think as well. Uh-huh. I just feel that Chinese people and Westerners we have really different concepts of how much to, we want to give up for this convenience. Hey, I have a, I have a question. Ah, ah, is, ah, we China, Chinese 作为一个公司，它也是可以卖别人、卖用户的隐私，至少本至少原则上来说是不能卖的，对吧？嗯，So uh, I guess I can kind of talk about this a little bit because I'm more familiar with it. Um, so Facebook has been uh under fire recently with the U.S. government uh for because of how much social media um and privacy data they have on uh citizens u.s citizens and after that whole cambridge analytical thing came out about how they were selling pulling information and all that to different companies um because of all those things and all those uh i guess you can say you know violations uh the reason why there hasn't been anything done is because there's because social media and especially the regulations around it is so new yeah. that there isn't anything that's been passed yet. And that's usually how it is with technology. It's new technology comes out and then we create regulations to kind of rein it in. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So right now, Congress is considering whether they want to break up Facebook yeah. because they think that it is too uh, they have too much knowledge as a social media company. So that's why its stock has kind of plummeted. Yeah, yeah. But I think that it's, you know, these places need to be public squares. That's the thing. And public squares, what does that mean? It means that there is a place for people to share their thoughts. But the problem is, is when you have something like this, it can be easily manipulated. So, for example... There was this story about how they used the Russian bots to manipulate the American elections. So they were just posting, for example, they would have a Lives Matter rally, which means they support, they don't support abortion. And they would use, they would host that rally right next to a abortion, like pro-choice rally. So when they have the rally and they would um, set it on the same day, you would have one group who doesn't like abortion, one group who likes abortion, and they're in the one space, which is, you know, just, uh, that's just going to be disastrous because there's a lot of conflict. It's people who are of different sides in one place. Does that make sense? And the other thing is because of everything's online on social media, everything's anonymous, right? Or technically you can make it so that a lot of things are anonymous. Yeah. You don't really know who posts what. So a lot of these, you know, people who support like, you know, abortion or um, 
you know, pro-life versus pro-choice, right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you can make one side's voice seem a lot bigger on the internet yeah, than it yeah, actually yeah, is, yeah, right? Yeah. So the majority of the people could technically support pro-choice mm. and then the minority is, you know, pro-life. But on social media, you can make it seem like it's almost equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually that kind of leads me to a different topic, which is... I think that it's really strange people's attitudes in China to abortion. Um, so to elaborate, I am pro-choice. I think that people should have the choice for abortion. But I think that abortion is, when you decide to have an abortion, it should be, it's a huge decision. It's actually a really, really big decision because you're ending the at least the potential for life. And so in the West, especially in my, at least in the UK, when people make the choice to have an abortion, it's a very traumatic experience because they know the impact of doing it and you know some people everyone who does it you know will always have that feeling of i don't know if i'm doing the right thing whereas i feel like in china they do it so uh sway bien like it is just like oh i'm just having an abortion and i i find that really really odd what do you guys think I think abortion, it's like a kind of, um, like a responsibility. I mean, like, um, if you are not ready, um, like if you are not ready for, uh, raising a kid, I think it's, it, it's the best way to do just like end it, like from yeah. the beginning. I yeah. think it's like a, maybe it's an appropriate choice to do. Yeah. I'm not, see, I'm not saying it's inappropriate or appropriate, but mm -hmm. I am saying that I find it strange that the decision is so robotic, if that kind of makes sense. Like I know, like there are, from what I've heard, Chinese women, almost every Chinese woman has had an abortion. Mm -hmm. I think that's crazy. I mean, what do you think, David? Uh, well, I mean, coming from like, you know, a healthcare professional opinion, um, and having, you know, a background, you know, because my parents are Chinese. Yeah. Like, I can see where they're coming from in that it's very pragmatic, uh, especially in China, because there's so many people, one, and because two, uh, cost of raising a child when you're not prepared for it is very, very, like, it's a costly. Lot. Yeah, yeah, it's very it's, expensive. And a lot of times, you know, it's not just the person who's giving birth who has to take care of the kid. A lot of times in China, so it's also a cultural difference is that the parents help raise, you know, and foster, you know, that child, right? Yeah. So a lot of times that discussion, abortion discussion, isn't just between you know, the woman who's giving birth and the husband or boyfriend, it, it, you know, the parents come into this too. Yeah, which is fair enough. But surely there has to be a discussion about when does life begin? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I am also pro-choice. And I mean, this is like another big yes, topic you, but that you... has nothing to do with... <laughs> I mean, like, we, I could literally talk to you for like not even days. Like, we can see. I, so, the way I'm going to do this podcast is because we've only got a short amount of time, I think we're going to revisit these topics again. Oh, okay. Right. Um, but we can just have like a bit of a preview. Okay. So, like, for me, 
I don't, I used to, you know, when you read medical textbooks and I used to study biology, I used to study religious studies uh, and, you know, I didn't really think that life began at conception. But if you ever see um, scans of fetuses, you know, by six weeks or eight weeks, the fetus already has a head. And it already has a hand. And by 12 weeks or something, it has a heart. It, it, it's a beating heart. And it's obviously not uh, viable if it's born at that time. But it, does, it definitely resembles human. So, I mean, something to add to that is you can't really use, you know, what stage in, you know, uh, development as a justification for what is the definition of life or not. Because that definition of what life is and what's not is almost... I wouldn't say fluid, but it, it's, it's fluid. very, it's, it's very like, you know, so one example I like to give is like, is a virus, you know, life is, is like, it can reproduce, yeah. right? Yeah. So originally the definition was anything that can reproduce is considered to have life, uh -huh, uh -huh. but now not so much because a virus doesn't have sentience, right? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't, you know, so, you know, like now people are more leaning towards, you know, if something has a consciousness, mm. you know, then, then maybe we can consider that life, right? But I think, so this is what I find tough in China is that these discussions are never had. I don't think Chinese people ever discuss whether or not fetuses have a life. Would you agree? Um, uh,中国人是比较关心我能不能把这个孩子抚养,能不能好好抚养这个孩子,然后,因为有很多,有很多弃婴的现象,就是you give birth to a child and abandon the child in the hospital. No, I agree, I agree. I don't think 因为他们根本来就是不想生出这个孩子来的，因为他们知道生出来意味着什么，肯定要花特别多的精力还有金钱照顾抚养他，然后他们就他们就没有去没有更多想啊，这个孩子几个月才算生命呢，几个月是才算
or like、um, do the abortion because、um, the mom is carrying a girl. Mm, 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 yeah, mm. I think that's another way to see these topics. Yeah. Okay,、uh, David. Well,、uh, <laughs> so I know we were originally talking about like you know face ID. Yeah, we can go back. We can go back. <laughs> so let me let me actually have a really good transition back.、Uh-huh. So、uh, have you guys ever done you know like twenty three and Me or heard of it or,、uh, yeah, or Ancestry dot com? Hundred percent. Yeah, like you know the websites like Ancestry dot com where you can like swab yourself. Right with your DNA, send it to the company, and then they'll like tell you about your like where you're from, you know, about your like grandparents and whatever origins. So that that's like pretty cool, right? And that that is kind of linked to Face ID in that you know you're giving away your information、uh, to this company、uh, either to you know, and they can either learn more about you,、uh, but. I'm actually really, really against those. Oh, really?、Things. Yeah. Okay. Because if you think about it, you know, your genetic data is like the most valuable thing you have. Yeah. Right. And you are literally just giving it. You are paying these people、yeah. to take your information and compile it, and then there's no, there's literally no regulations on what they can, what they're allowed to do, and what they're not allowed to do with I, that I, DNA I, right now. And it's almost the same with your face ID, right? You see, I, I do agree with you on that point. So it's kind of like you have no idea like what these companies are doing. But、it. what they do in return is really, really interesting. It is because, but companies are out to make money. They're not. You know, out to protect you, right? That's what governments are for, or that's that's. Well, I mean, that's. I guess that's the Western concept of it. I, I think、right? I'm gonna have to disagree because I I believe in small governments. I personally believe in a small government, and I also feel that, for example, nationalism is not a good concept. It's not a good ideology, and things like twenty and three, twenty three and me break down the concept of nationalism. Because, for example, you may think that you are from this country, that your pure your blood is purely from this country, but I think what the most of the world is just mixed. It's mixed because there have been loads of people who've travelled all around the world. Now, if, for example, you're Muslim and you've hated Jewish people all your life because that's how you've been brought up, and then you find out ten percent of your blood is Jewish, you know, you cannot exactly hate them anymore because then you're contradicting yourself. And I think things like that can only happen because of Twenty Three and Me, and they're positive for society. Okay, wait. <laughs> so. I mean, I, I, it is really cool what they're doing, and I'm actually, I feel the opposite. I actually don't like small government, just you know, uh-huh, uh-huh.、Uh, and like I used to think that way too about、yeah. small government,、um, because we think that with less government regulation, you know, there's more freedom to do, you know, whatever.、Uh, but actually,、uh, it, I took a really interesting class at uni, and one of my professors actually made me realize the opposite.、Um, In that, actually, more regulations actually provide more freedoms to people. So, one really good example is,、uh, you know, let's say there is a small government, right?、Uh, and you know, there's not a lot of rules. You know, most I would say most companies would be more exploitive than actually,、uh, you know. Do things for the benefit. You see, I agree. I I I don't disagree with regulations, but I have to say that, for example, if you have、um, big、uh, regulatory units, most of them are in bed with the fine、uh, with the、uh, corporations, anyways. But that's intrinsically because 
most in order to regulate those industries, you need industry experts, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not really a matter of, you know. Okay, we're going to have to end it here. Thank you so much. See you guys next episode. Bye bye.